Baby, happy, glorious, delicious, wonderful, fresh, minty-smelling Friday to you. I am Derek Hunter. This is the Derek Hunter Podcast. Appreciate you listening, downloading, sharing, telling a friend. All that good stuff. Man, it is um, going to be fun. I can't wait for the weekend. Cannot. I hope you have some great plans this week. I just want to address one person who sent me a message about updating the locals page i know i'm negligent at that everything that is that's up there uh, locals is just i mean just i'm sorry i only started it because some people refuse to do patreon and i get that you're free to do whatever you want you want to support the show you want to hear the weekend effort review that's fine um it's a pain in the butt on the back end to use it's not as maybe because it's newer i don't know but it's just not user-friendly, aside from the fact that they take a really a much bigger slice of the money than Patreon does. But it's it's just not as, it's not user-friendly at all. So whenever I put anything that is for subscribers, I put it on both. When it's for subscribers only, I put it on both websites. And there it is. But when it is something like, I don't know how to upload it. You can, I don't think you can upload a video. At least I haven't figured it out yet to the locals page at least not easily and it's just kind of screwed up it's probably mostly on my end so i apologize for that but that's why i uh, don't there aren't as many updates there are a lot more people over at patreon and people go to patreon even who aren't members to see pictures of the kids and the cats and and stuff like that so it's just much easier to use i'll have to investigate it's part, look, it's all part of the revamp. So you're right. I apologize. I just thought I'd give you the explanation and that. But you're still, you're entered in the contests and all that stuff. Speaking of which, the contest at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or Derek Hunter is Luke Rosiak versus Sandra Day O'Connor. And the Supreme Court figures a lot in the news today. So we'll get to that. So autograph books from both of them, one of them could be will be somebody's it's, it could be yours it could be yours i don't know but um it's gonna be somebody's so why not you check it out all right i uh i keep watching there's a whole bunch of things that are like really honestly annoying and i had to sit there and i don't often have to do this as i pick my teeth apologies i don't often have to do this where i have to literally take a minute I have to sit there and go, don't, don't say the things you really want to say. When that, that's not accurate. It's not, don't say the things you really want to say. It's, think of a better way to put it. And it's part of, you know, having been on radio, having done radio. You can't swear on radio, so you come up with uh, creative ways to say that the feces hits the fan or the... Uh, they were telling somebody to go intercourse themselves or something. You just find new and creative ways to convey that message. But when you're coming at something from a – it's not a place of anger. It's They're not worth my anger, these leftists. It's a place of disgust, and it's a place of passionate indifference. And quite frankly, oftentimes I find myself bordering on wishing them ill. 
and I, it's, it's not something I'm proud of. And so you have to sit there and you go, okay, just stop for a second. Stop for a second. You know, I don't honestly care if bad things happen to them, but I also don't want to make bad things happen to them. So maybe we could find a way to, I don't know, relax or something like that. Just pump the brakes. Breathe. Exhale. Find a way to express contempt without saying, God, I hope these people die. I'm just so sick of this. Or so what? So they're dead. So what? I can't care anymore. But that's what the left has sort of driven me to. They make whatever suits their needs to be an outrage while ignoring anything that doesn't suit their needs. And honestly, I, I just wish bad things on them for that. It's not that I'm proud of it. Like I'm a father. I, I, I'm a son. I'm a this. I, I'm not proud of that. And nobody should be proud of that. But it's true. It's true. When you've got members of the goon squad, you got AOC, you got uh, Ayanna Presley, all out there talking about this chokehold death of a guy called Jordan Neely in the New York subways. Oh, it's a murder. It's a murder. It's a, this guy needs to be arrested. Why? Because there's a white guy who choked him out and he died. Not any concern for all the people on the subway car who were being threatened by this guy. And oh, he's got mental problems and you got to feel sorry for him. You don't have to feel sorry for him. The guy's been arrested 44 times. Okay, you don't have to feel sorry for him. You feel, you don't have to feel anything for him. You feel pissed off at the power establishment in New York City that looked at this guy, knew that he had problems, knew that he was defective and needed help, and said, "We don't care. We will not imprison or hold a black man at all." Because why? Because that's not what we do. David, why do I say a black man? Well, listen to this from David Trone. He, he's a member. He's one of the richest members of the House of Representatives. He spent more money than anybody ever had in a, his first primary to become a member of the House, and he lost. He lost to Jamie Raskin in the Democrat primary, I think in 2018. He spent tens of millions of dollars in the freaking primary and lost. So he moved to a different... He actually didn't move to a different district. He represents the district uh, near me, he doesn't actually live in that district. He lives in Potomac, Maryland, because he owns Total Wine and More. He's a billionaire or very close to one, but he's a left-wing pile of garbage. He is one of these people who has more money than sense and more time on their hands than they know what to do with, and apparently he doesn't like being around his family or they don't like being around him. So he decided to run for Congress to try and fill the void of being a complete freaking moron, and he won eventually. He was able to buy a seat. Now he's decided that Ben Cardin is retiring. He is going to run for the United States Senate. Why? Because he has zero accomplishments in the House. Why not impose himself on the Senate? It's about prestige for him. It is. And in his announcement video, otherwise I wouldn't bother with the guy. I wouldn't. He's not worth your time. He's not worth the Heimlich maneuver. But in his uh, announcement video today, he's talking about how there are far too many black men being arrested. Far too, not who's committing crimes and maybe want to address why crimes are being committed. Dispropor- they love it. It's dispropor- there are a disproportionate number of people who look like this in our prison system. 
Yeah, okay. Well, the real question is why are so many people who look like that committing crimes? Because it's not just, oh, well, some people, everybody jaywalks and only black people are getting arrested for jaywalking. That's not the case at all. That's not even close to what's happening. Look at the dead bodies. Look at the murder victims and then look at the murder suspects or the murderers. You are infinitely more likely to be murdered if you're going to be murdered by somebody who looks like you than somebody who doesn't look like you. You can't expect me to believe that you give a single pile of dog excrement about anybody if you only care about people when it's politically expedient for you when it is something you can exploit. So I just clipped this little bit. He's not concerned, David Trone, about the fact that the, in fact, it's not just murder. You're more likely to be a victim of a crime by somebody who looks like you than you are to be a victim of a crime by somebody who doesn't look like you. David Trone doesn't give a damn. He doesn't give a damn about the victims of crime. He doesn't give a damn about the victims of murder the victims of the shootings. It's all just left-wing playbook, pander on race. We are putting two, we're arresting far too many black men. Not, hey, why are black men committing so many crimes? Because then you'd have to find a reflective surface, you pile of garbage, you Democrats. And you'd have to go, maybe robbing people of their humanity by telling them they're never going to get ahead, that the whole system is rigged, that they're screwed, that they don't stand a chance. Maybe that's having an impact. That and generations of really terrible education systems run by Democrats in Democrat-controlled areas and kowtowing to the unions. Maybe you don't like to look at your own monster, Dr. Frankenstein, but open up, open wide, open your eyes and take a big old look, you piece of crap. You can see how I need to take a second and breathe it in because I really, this would be appropriate for the week in if and review. What I think of a scumbag like this, but it's all related. We'll get back to what I was talking about in a second, but listen to David Trone, multimillionaire, hundreds of millions of dollars, white, rich, liberal, talk about they're just arresting too many people who aren't white. And every hour in America, over 100 black men are arrested at five times the rate of white men. Is any of this acceptable to you, to anyone? Not to me. It's wildly acceptable to me because the crimes in this country are disproportionately, thanks to Democrats and Democrat-controlled cities and defunding of police and poor education under Democrats, that the crimes are disproportionately committed by black men. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't be sapped of their humanity. They shouldn't be told by political leaders, you're never going to get ahead. You can't get ahead. In fact, you're screwed because of your skin color. Because you know why that robs people of their humanity? It robs people of hope. It's evil. Yeah, it gets you a vote. And it gets you a vote for life. But look at the damage that it's done. Where has generational Democrat control worked out? Where are lives of black men better thanks to unfettered uninterrupted control by democratic politicians and implica- impl- uh, implementation of democrat policies where is it where where in the country is it better that place doesn't exist so well 100 black men okay why are black men committing so many crimes 
That's what needs to be addressed. That's the real pro- if you care at all, if you want to address the problem, you might want to go, why are so many black people being murdered by other black people? But no, you focus on the rarest of the rare black men killed by white men. It's incredibly rare. The only thing rarer is black men killed by Asian men. Look it up. So to sit there and go, well, this is, is this acceptable to anybody? Well, let me ask you this, David Trone. Let me ask you all this, all you Democrats. The uh, kids going to school in Baltimore, the kids going to school in Chicago, the South Side, or the kids going to school in Detroit who have to worry about will they get shot on the way to school, not because they've done something or stepped to somebody or somebody's going to step to them, but because there could be a dispute over the corner. Somebody just could mistake somebody or just shoot wildly at somebody. Isn't that a bit of a problem? What about the people who live in fear in those neighborhoods? They're not living in fear of a roving band of white men coming through their neighborhoods. They're not living in fear of the police coming through their neighborhoods. They're desperate for the police to come through their neighborhoods. They're living in fear of violent criminals many of which, because of Democrat policies, have been robbed of their humanity, are black. Black neighborhoods are not terrorized by cops or white guys or Asians or even really Hispanics. If you care at all, well, 100 people are arrested. What were they arrested for? Drinking a beer? Were they arrested for jaywalking? Were they arrested for spitting gum on the sidewalk? Or were they arrested for something that they should have been arrested for? See, I don't care what somebody looks like when they're arrested. I care why they were arrested. And if you live in a Democrat-controlled area, then you have to go, okay, well, then why was this person released? Why was this person was arrested for attacking somebody? This person was arrested for threatening somebody. And the next thing you know, they're back out on the street. Isn't that a bit weird? Why is that? Aren't you supposed to protect us? Us being whoever lives there and you being the political class, the state's attorneys, the district attorneys, the prosecutors, the governors, the mayors, the police chiefs. The police chiefs seem to want to do their jobs, most of them, but the rest of everybody else isn't about to let them because there's too much politics to be played in this thing. So you get some rich white guy who you couldn't get within a country mile of if he wasn't trying to con you into giving him his vote, talking about, there are too many black men arrested every single day. Really? What about, there are too many black victims of crimes every single day. How about that? Because that is a, a much more, uh, a much higher number, a much more disturbing number, and frankly, a much more important number. Because I personally don't give a damn about the perpetrators. I'm concerned about the victims. But Democrats aren't concerned about the victims. There's too high of a probability that the victims will not vote for them. So why would they care? But if you can keep the criminals out of prison, get them out on cashless bail, they will be, dare I say, slavishly loyal to that political party and those white politicians like David Trone. And I bet deep down in David, he really enjoys the idea of slavish loyalty to him. Anyway, back to New York. 
ABC News. This is, it doesn't matter where you go for this story. The headline, Death of Homeless Man on New York Subway Ruled a Homicide. Death of Homeless Man. Jordan Neely, the man who was killed by a fellow subway passenger, was homeless. Oh, okay. He was also arrested 44 times. He is also should not have been on the street. Why isn't that? Man arrested 44 times out on the street to commit more crimes. Isn't that something worthy of note, don't you think? No, not to the left-wing media. They only care about what is useful to them. That's why none of them are involved in the lawsuits to try and get the shooter's manifesto out of Nashville, Tennessee. They don't care. You think the New York Times gives a damn about it? They might run a story. They will run a story about it when it comes out if they have to. But they will sugarcoat it and they will cherry pick unicorn drawings out of it rather than what will undoubtedly be the professed hatred of conservatives because of uh, the trans identity or whatever the hell. You're otherizing us. I don't care. New York Times is even getting slammed with this. The left, some of the left, I don't want to, there are far too many people, and this was my problem with Fox before the election. Fox gave everybody false hope. And too much of the conservative media sphere gave everybody false hope. Ooh, man, that uh, election, there's going to be a red wave. It's going to be a red storm. It's going to be huge. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be massive. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. Not going to be any of it. It wasn't any of it. But spare me all that crap. Spare me all that crap. I don't want to give anybody a false sense of security. I want people scared. And I want people angry. Because I want to make sure you show up and vote. The uh, people are turning a little bit, at least on this particular story in the New York Times. Their headline, subway rider choked homeless man to death, medical examiner rules. Subheadline, Jordan Neely died after a man held him in a chokehold. On Wednesday, the medical examiner's office said the cause of death was compression of the neck and ruled it a homicide. And, of course, all these leftists came out and demanded a lynching. They want a lynching. They don't even know who this guy is, except that he's a former Marine. They want him dead because it serves their purpose. They need the blood on their hands. They need, well, they need the, the anger that could get blood on their hands. I don't know that they necessarily want the They're indifferent towards whether or not they get actual blood. But people are writing replies to the story in the New York Times. I'm sure that they will soon shut down comments because of it. Because why? Because they're getting comments like this from somebody called Brett. Quote, The man had 44 prior arrests, and yet he was still walking around free, threatening people on the train. Any blame should be placed squarely on the shoulders of the criminal justice system, which keeps allowing these career criminals, whether they are mentally challenged or not, back out on the streets without any proper rehabilitation. 1,752 people, readers of the New York Times, recommended that comment. Another guy, Gringo. A man died, sadly, but all the comments from the mental illness and homeless advocates seem overblown. Well, no, if 24-year-old misjudged the situation, we shouldn't have to guess every day if the wild, crazy people on the subway are going to attack us. 1,715 recommends for that comment. This is what liberalism 
brings about. Oh my God, this sweet, nourishing black man who does Michael Jackson. Imp- this is the way that Ayanna Presley describes. He does Michael Jackson impressions. And she, he, she tweeted out a video. He doesn't do Michael. He didn't do Michael Jackson impressions on the subway. He was dressed up like Michael Jackson and lip synced to Michael Jackson songs on a boombox. That is not an impression. That is pantomime at best. <clears throat> but that's what he did. That's who he was. And apparently he was yelling at people and screaming at people that he was going to, he needed money, he wanted food, he wasn't going to take anything. He, he said, quote, let's see, uh, a homeless man named Jordan Neely was killed, this is back from ABC News, was killed by another New York City subway passenger who held him in a chokehold for several minutes, according to police, and a video taken of the incident. Neely had been allegedly yelling and ranting on the train before being subdued by another subway passenger, according to independent journalist Juan Alberto Vasquez, who reported on the incident via Facebook, uh, his Facebook page. Quote, I don't have food, I don't have drink, I am fed up, Neely said, according to Vasquez. I don't care if I go to jail and they give me life in prison. I am ready to die. According to NYPD, a 24-year-old man subdued Neely, who was allegedly harassing passengers and making threats. Police sources told ABC that the man was not specifically being threatened by Neely when he intervened. Don't you love that? He wasn't, well, he was only threatening to kill everybody else on the car. He wasn't threatening to kill you, so why did you bother to involve yourself? Yeah, These are the people who plastered New York City with, if you see something, say something. Now, if you see something, film it and shut your mouth and be quiet about the whole thing and don't ever try to get involved. Don't try to help anybody. Why would you try to help anybody? It's the essence of liberalism. They like to pretend that they're very compassionate, but they don't actually give a single pile of dog droppings about anybody or anything. It is the agenda uber alles. So you get these leftists going, oh, my God. Can you believe they murdered this white man? Murdered he? They they were calling it a lynching. They lynched this sweet, nourishing black man. Yeah, a sweet, nourishing black man. Every black man I know is not actively threatening to kill people. Is not threatening that he wants to go to jail. He doesn't care if he dies. That he wants your money. That's not normal. That's not good. I promise you. If this guy had gotten within a country mile of AOC, her security would have shut him down in a heartbeat. Ayanna Presley would have taken off her wig and run like a bat out of hell to try and get away from him. But it's politically useful to them, so they can pretend to care. They can pretend to give a damn. Now, the other guy involved in subduing Jordan Neely, who will be sainted, there will be probably murals painted of him in New York City starting tonight, the other guy who helps to do him was white, or I mean was black. That is not making the news. Nobody gives a damn. Doesn't matter. The members of the goon squad don't care. There's pictures of There's video of the other guy holding him down, the black guy. Why? Because when somebody is a complete ass on a train or in public transportation or in public anywhere, everybody is harassed. Everybody is threatened. And so people act for the good of everybody on there. See, it's weird because the left is all about collectivism. 
Yet when the chips are down, they don't really care about that because they're really all about them having control and people submitting to their will. So I watched this story unfold, and I am honestly just sick of it. Sick of it. I, I try to feel something. I try to feel badly for Jordan Neely. And honestly, maybe it's something wrong with me, but I cannot bring myself to. I'm not proud of it. But just knowing the way that this is being used, that this is being exploited, that this is being just disgustingly highlighted and and paraded around in half-truths and lies, I can't bring myself to care about it. I can't. I can't do it. I'm done. When you get people like David Trone, oh, this will be great for my campaign. I'm ahead of this curve because I released a video in the morning. And then this story, oh, man, this is going to be good. No. Go to hell. I'm sick of it. And I'm pissed off at them because it kind of, it's a reaction to them. I blame them for it, to be honest with you. When I look at these situations and I go, I just can't, I can't care. If you're going to only care when you can use it and not care the 99.9% of times when innocent people are being victimized by crime, then I, I can't care. I can't. I'm not going to compensate for it, especially when you look at where these things happen. These things always happen in left-wing cities, in left-wing jurisdictions. And it's like, you know, you these people voted for this. These people voted for this. I can't care. I won't care. I can't bring myself to give a damn if you keep voting in these evil people who continually look for ways to screw you over. I just won't do it. I just can't do it. And so that brings us to another thing that I find absolutely disgusting about these leftists, the nonstop assault on Clarence Thomas. Yes, it's couched under as an assault on the court. And they're saying, oh, man, this is about the integrity of the court. They're not disclosing. Clarence Thomas disclosed everything he was obligated to disclose. The one big glaring mistake they found is that he'd misnamed uh, a company. That was it. It was like instead of uh, Ginger Incorporated LLC, it was LLC Incorporated Ginger. Nothing. It was insignificant. It was stupid. But the left is trying to make something of this. This is all ProPublica. It is a nonstop hit job by the group ProPublica, which is when you always see the, the left going, These, uh, this ProPublica, they are the nonpartisan there. No, they're not. It's weird when, when uh, media labels other media nonpartisan, all that really means is they agree with, with them. That's it, because they always say, the far right Fox News, the far right, right wing Fox News. And they go, uh, they nonpartisan NPR. Oh, okay. So you're, you're MSNBC declaring the uh, NPR to be nonpartisan. It's like the U.S. Postal Service saying the completely drug free Lance Armstrong. 
Yeah, I think you might have a vested interest in making that claim. But uh, they are going after Clarence Thomas now because they took care of Clarence and Ginny Thomas raised for 12 years. Clarence Thomas's grand nephew, right? Grand nephew. Now, you'd think normally that would be looked at as rather noble. The kid, whatever the reason was, needed to be uh, put into a different home. I don't know what the story is. I don't care what the story is. They raised him for 12 years. At one point, they were looking to put him in, they were looking for the best school for him as he was entering his final year of high school, 2008. Well, turns out that there was a boarding school. Now, I look, the concept of boarding school doesn't make any sense to me. I don't. I know a couple people who went to boarding schools. I did not go to boarding schools. Um, that is a foreign concept. Private schools were a foreign concept. I don't know how in the hell any of this thing remotely comes to be. But then again, I didn't roll. My dad drove a forklift and my mom was disabled. So it wasn't like we were rolling in the cash. But amongst the discussions for what to do for this kid was they thought maybe, maybe to put him into this boarding school for his last senior year, for his senior year, a place in Georgia called Hidden Lake Academy. It's described as a private boarding school in the foothills of northern Georgia, according to ProPublica, the left-wing hit job. The boy, Mark Martin, was far from home. For the previous decade, he had lived with the Justice and his wife in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. Thomas had taken legal custody when uh, Martin was six years old and had recently told in an interview he was raising him as a son. It sounds like a pretty generous thing to do. So they were looking for where to put him. Well, the I love how they try to make this nefarious. Um, bad tuition for the boarding school ran more than $6,000 a month, but Thomas did not cover the bill. A bank statement for the school from July 2009, buried in an unrelated court filing, shows the source of Martin's tuition payment that month, the company of billionaire real estate magnate Harlan Crow. Yeah, a rich friend of Clarence Thomas's. Now they tried to say that this is somehow nefarious, even though Harlan Crow never had any business dealings before, never had any cases before the Supreme Court. So if he was trying to buy influence, to what end? To what end? They had a long standing, decades long friendship, Harlan Crow and Clarence Thomas. And it turns out that they were talking about the kid and where he should spend his senior year and where he would be best situated to spend spending his se- senior year. And it turns out that Harlan Crow attended what? Hidden Lake Academy as a child. That's right. And he was a huge financial benefactor to Hidden Lake Academy in northern Georgia. And he said he would pay the tuition for the kid if you sent him there because for decades, Harlan Crow had been paying the tuition for many, many students there. School might not have existed were it not for the largesse of Harlan Crow. One year, his senior year, he went there. And this is somehow a scandal. Maybe because 
you know, there was no striptease act performed by men with their penises tucked back between their butt cheeks, that this is somehow a scandal. Somebody with no business before the Supreme Court helped out a friend when a school that he loves and clearly loves and believed helped make him who he is for one year in a way that he had for hundreds of other boys. This is the best you've got on Clarence Thomas. This is like these Tucker Carlson hits. Everything they'd expose is like, okay, yeah, but what's the problem? Where is the scandal? Where is the dirt? What's going on? And there's, there's no answer. There's no answer. There's nothing. Meanwhile, what are they ignoring? And you can always tell what the problem is, what's really going on, by what Democrats are knowing. Look at the opposite of what they're talking about. This is from Newsweek. And the framing of this is typical liberal media. Conservatives call out Sotomayor's $3 million from publisher amid Thomas reports. See, it's not... We've got, hey, there's a similar situation or an actually a real situation, a worse situation with Sonia Sotomayor, that wise Latina. Nope. It's Republicans are calling her out. Conservatives are. It's Republicans pounce. The legitimacy of the Supreme Court is being questioned, this time by conservatives. No, I'm just pointing out the hypocrisy. Following a report that Justice Sona Sotomayor did not recuse herself in a case that involved her book publisher. In April, ProPublica reported that Justice Clarence Thomas had accepted luxury trips from a Republican mega-donor, Harlan Crow, without reporting them on financial disclosure forms. New allegations, also reported by ProPublica, suggest that Crow paid a $6,000 per month tuition rate for Thomas's teenage grandnephew to attend a private boarding school in Georgia starting in 2029. The Daily Wire reported that Sotomayor declined to recuse herself from multiple copyright infringement cases involving book publisher Penguin Random House. She has authored five books, including her autobiography, My Beloved World. She reportedly received a one uh, received a $1.2 million book advance in 2010 from North Doubleday Group, a subsidiary of Penguin Random House. Two years, uh, two years, she received two advances. I don't know what that, two, two years later, I assume. She received two advance payments from the publisher, totaling $1.9 million. In 2019, Sotomayor voted in a decision on whether the court should hear a case against the publisher called Aaron Greenspan versus Random House. Now retired Justice Stephen Breyer, who had received money from the book publisher, recused himself in that case. The wise Latina did not. See, there's Harlan Crow didn't have any business before the Supreme Court. But people who gave directly $3.1 million to wise, well, she is wise. She knows that she can sell out, not have any consequences for it. She didn't recuse herself from the case. How is that okay? Why does Clarence Thomas have to recuse himself from everything? Why must he resign? Why is it? Why is it all of these digested food exit ports up on Capitol Hill with D's after their name going, my God, this is an outrage. 
we really need to get Clarence Thomas up here to answer these questions. Really? How about we open up all the stock trades that you people did? Because there are several hundred of you who have made incredibly fortuitously timed stock trades, right? Isn't that amazing? But no, they don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk. These are their colleagues. These are their colleagues. Actually, literally, in real time, engaged in unbridled corruption that is making them a small fortune. And they do so regularly. But Clarence Thomas, a rich friend, helps out a kid who needed help happily because he does it for a lot of people. And that's a scandal. Meanwhile, this is the UK Daily Mail, just to put a face on it, and you can pick a whole bunch of other people, but, you know, the hell. Headline, Florida, Florida Democrat Congresswoman Lois Frankel sold up to $15,000 in stock in First Republic in March before it tanked by 80%. Uh, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Let's see. A Democrat congresswoman sold shares in First Republic Bank while the price was tanking, then purchased stock in J.P. Morgan before it took over the doomed institution. The news comes the same day as a bipartisan bill was introduced to blah, stop this, blah, blah, blah. Now, do you think that Congresswoman Frankel had insider information? Well, I sure as hell do. Or she is a witch and a soothsayer, right? Why was she making these trades? Why didn't she tell everybody? See, I'm all for this. If you want to do this crap, I'm all for it. Let Democrats, let Republicans, let members of Congress do exactly whatever the hell they, they hear. Something's coming in. Some regulator whispers sweet nothing into their ears. Whatever it is, let's do it. Let's do it. But every stock trade that they engage in has to be announced to the public three hours before it's executed. Right, Three hours before it's executed. That way, if your average day trader or anybody sitting around with their 401k wants to go, you know what? I'm going to follow the lead of Paul and Nancy Pelosi or I'm going to do what Lois Frankel is doing. Then we have that option. It needs to be publicly posted, public information. Three, oh, no, those, well, these Democrats, if they're going to start selling something or buying something, that'll pollute the price. So what? That's the price. That's the price. Either that or you don't get to engage in any stock trades whatsoever. Which which would you prefer? Democrats, Republicans, up there. You want to go after Clarence Thomas for not breaking any laws, for simply being a black man who thinks wrong, then let's go after all of you, black, white, brown, off-white, pink, whatever, the glow-in-the-dark, whatever you are, who are getting rich while suckling the government teat. You're not paying for your transportation. You're not paying for much of anything. You probably get a, a meal stipend. You're not paying for squat. Let us see what you're doing. Let us see how it is so many of you go into quote-unquote public service and come out rich on the other side. And that's a hell of a trick. That is one hell of a trick to be able to do that. They'll never go for it. Now, maybe they will ban stock trades for a while. They'll find a way around it. I guarantee you they will. 
the Matt Gates AOC bill is a nice idea. But when you're making the rules, you're the referee on top of it. There's no way to prevent corruption. When you just have corrupt, corrupt people will find a way to be corrupt. It's what they do. It's who they are. Speaking of which, Joe Biden. This is an amazing story. Remember this moment from the debate back in 2020 with Donald Trump about the laptop from hell? There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. They have said that this is, has all the care. Four, five former heads of the CIA, both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes it except the, his and his good friend, Rudy Gianni. You mean the laptop is now yeah. another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? And that's exactly be. what is this that's where exactly you're what This is told. where he's going. All the earmarks of Russian disinformation, all the earmarks, of, it's the, those, they're doing it. All the earmarks. Shut up. My God. How whiny. How about, oh, oh, no, they said it had all the earmarks. Don't you get it? It said it had all the earmarks. There's a real simple way. Hey, is that your laptop? Now, this is so beyond stupid that anybody ever actually fell for this letter. The letter, it turns out, by the way, uh, the letter, it turns out, was written expressly to give Joe Biden a talking point. The signatories are not dumb people. They're evil people. There's a difference. These are smart people who knew that there would be enough dumb people or fellow travelers in the media that would report on this and ignore the laptop. The Washington Examiner has the story. A recruitment email sent by Mike Morell, co-author of the infamous Hunter Biden laptop letter, wanted former intelligence officials to become signatories to help give Joe Biden a, quote, talking point during crucial presidential debate against Donald Trump. The revolution comes after Morrell, the former Obama CIA acting director, admitted that now Secretary of State Antony Blinken triggered him to write the letter in October of 2022, or 2020. A recruitment email, the recruitment email from Morel was sent to former intelligence officials and included in a laptop letter co-authored by him and former CIA operations officer Mac Polly Merorfla, blah, blah, whatever, as an attachment. The quoted language from the Morrell email sent on October 18, 2020, was read to the Washington Examiner verbatim and identically by two independent sources who had access to the email. Wouldn't it be nice if these people who are coming out now had come out at the time? Morrell's email explained that both he and Polly Merorflopolis, whatever, received, uh, believed Russia was involved in the Hunter Biden laptop stories and that Trump likely planned to attack Biden over the laptop revelations in the upcoming debate. Quote, we want to give the VP a talking point to use in response. End quote. Morell wrote, the two sources confirmed the examiner. Morell was previously testified that one of the reasons he helped the letter I write the letters to help Joe Biden, quote, because I wanted to help him win the election. Now, isn't this interesting? We want to give him cover. Now, how stupid do you have to be to believe that this is Russian disinformation? Look, I don't, 
reporters are just interested in believing. And like a Democrat talking point, they just barf it back up. It, it, it's non-thinking. You might as, it's, it's a robot. It doesn't, it does what it's exactly programmed to do. It's, it's not going to go, Hey, should I put this screw on tighter or should I just leave? No, there is no thought behind it. There's no humanity behind it with these people. But the intelligence officials, every single one of them who signed it, should now be wildly disgraced. They should have been disgraced at the time. But there was nobody in media with, apparently, the intelligence to question the intelligence community. Now, what intelligence am I talking about? I'm talking about the basic concept that the FBI had had this laptop for more than a year by this time. They knew it was real. Okay, putting aside they knew it was real, they had it for more than a year, which would mean that the laptop, full of videos and pictures of Hunter Biden smoking crack and screwing prostitutes, as well as intimate details of business dealings, scamful business dealings, they had all that, which means that those things were more than a year old when the FBI got their hands on it. That would require Russia to put up together, put together the most elaborate laptop, computer clone, whatever it is, operation ever committed by human beings. That somehow they created deep fakes or hacked somehow actual video of Hunter doing all of these things, knew all of the business partners involved, created threads and strings of email communications and text messages and voicemails and everything else that were on that laptop. They did all of this, which would take an exceedingly long time. They did it a year before at least Joe Biden announced that he was running for president. Now, they would have had to have done it on spec in case, let's do this, let's spend years putting this elaborate hoax together on the off chance that Joe Biden decides to run for president in 2020. And then we'll put it in a Mac repair store in Delaware where a guy will immediately call the FBI and it'll disappear for more than a year, though. Just in case, Joe, then we'll have leverage on Joe at that point. It's so wildly stupid. But if you believe that, if you're wildly stupid enough to believe that, my Democrat friends, actually my Democrat enemies, if you're wildly stupid enough to believe that, then you must believe that they would have also taken similar uh, measures involving every other potential candidate at the time, they would want to have leverage. They, the objective, the story is they created this laptop because they wanted to help Donald Trump, right? Well, what if Elizabeth Warren, who was a perfectly viable candidate at that time, at the time the laptop was first brought into the repair shop or brought to the FBI's attention, wouldn't there have to be a laptop made for her or something made for her? A, a sleeper cell agent somewhere sitting out there in a computer repair shop in Massachusetts? What about Bernie Sanders? He was a much more viable candidate than Joe Biden ever really was and had the establishment not banded together to prevent him from winning by getting everybody to drop out except for Joe. Bernie Sanders could have easily won that nomination from the Democrats. Would they not have tried to compromise him? 
I mean, maybe the argument is they why would they want to compromise Bernie Sanders? He was he'd be implementing their agenda. That's a valid point. But I would think that Joe Biden is implementing their agenda, too. So why not? Why would they do this to him? But if it is an elaborate hoax that they spent all this time and money and effort creating this laptop on the off chance that Joe Biden runs for president and wins the nomination, not a foregone conclusion at all. In fact, a very long shot. Would they not have done something similar, if not identical, to other people? Where's the Secretary Mayor Pete laptop sitting out there in a repair shop somewhere? It's not. It was Joe Biden's kid's laptop because it was really Joe Biden's kid's laptop. It was really Hunter Biden smoking that crack and screwing those prostitutes, those probably human trafficked, possibly underage prostitutes. It was Hunter Biden describing 10% for the big guy. It was Hunter Biden describing transactions that involved millions upon millions of dollars flowing to him from industries he knew nothing of, from countries he'd never been, languages he doesn't speak. That was all the case. It's also Hunter Biden now pleading poverty when it comes to child support for a child he had with a stripper who the president of the United States, the devout Catholic, that he is refuses to acknowledge because Joe Biden is going to hell and he deserves it. The whole family does. And the whole left-wing establishment does. Everybody who signed this letter should be disgraced. Yet everybody who signed this letter will probably end up, if they haven't got one already, and great many of them do, with cable news, no-show contracts, and defense and intelligence industry consulting gigs. They probably all still have their clearances because why would that's that's what makes them marketable is their top secret clearances. Why would Joe Biden strip them of them? Yes, they committed a massive bit of disinformation, manipulation and fraud on the American public. But on the other hand, they did it to help him. He's going to let that slide every time. Scum of the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, scum of the earth. And that's being generous. That's being nice. All right. I'm mad enough, and I hope you're mad too. I'm going to let it go and let it sit right there. I don't know how long it is right now of a show, but it's Friday. Damn it. It's pretty close to an hour, close enough for government work. Besides, you got the Week in Evan Review coming up at midnight. Check it out. Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or locals.com. Uh, locals.derekhunter.com I think is that what it is uh, I'll post them up tonight at midnight if you want to sample it if you never heard the Weekend Effing Review and you're like I don't know if it's worth five bucks a month first of all five bucks a month come on man in the words of Joe Biden but secondly email me and I'll send you a copy of it if you don't like dirty language you ain't gonna like it but if you got a sense of humor about you and I'll go off on random rants it's not just politics you will probably laugh. It's like a belligerent comedy routine. Stream of consciousness for 30 to 45, sometimes an hour, minutes, 60 minutes long. Anyway, have yourself an awesome weekend. Hope you're going to be at the Weekend Effort Review on uh, Saturday, tonight at midnight. I'll have another poll question for you. Thanks for all the, the poll answers. You can still answer the poll. You can still email me the poll. It's at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast. And uh, go and have some fun this weekend, man. Wang Chung this weekend, huh? Thanks for listening. <laughs>